You're listening to the Goal Line Stand Podcast with Jackson Caudell and Kobe Reed, where we break down all things college football, including breaking news, recruiting, gameplay, and more. Let's get straight to it. Welcome back to another episode of the Go Line Stand Podcast. And it's over, folks. 2022 season, it's over. Kobe Reed and me are here with you to, to, to uh, I don't know if I want to say break it down because that's not what we're going to be doing. But, Kobe, it's over. How you feeling, man? Dude, what an incredible year, man. A good first full college football season for the Go Line Stand Podcast. I mean, me and Jackson, we, we had this idea – Back in honestly, what like late July when we started? It was July or August. Yeah, man, we we're doing preseason pods, and never once did I think like that we we're gonna have this incredible of a college football season because we were surefire thinking it was just gonna be an Alabama and Ohio State train wreck to the national championship, you know. But it was a great season. We got to see a lot of great things, and I think. Me personally, and maybe I'm a little biased here, but I think we had a great first start to this podcast. I think we had a great first season. Year two is going to be even better. Yes, sir. Better be ready for it. Um, I will say, I hate we had to end it like that. That was the that was the worst national title game uh, of all time. There, there's no going there. And I will be upfront with you. We're not really here to break that game down. I don't know what what out of that game you need me to break down for you, other than there was an ass kicking. Like there was just a just. <laughs> Start to finish, that game was – it's weird to think that TCU scored to cut it to three and you're like, okay, TC maybe get going on offense and then just death, like just straight death, all of it. I mean, you had just – basically like it was like senior day celebrations near the end of that game when they took Stetson out. Jalen Carter, get, you know, get a standing ovation. All those guys just, you know, Kirby letting them get their roses there at the end of the game and it was just uh, – yeah. Back-to-back titles. I mean, they've they've gone. Um, I know the Georgia Tech fans listening to this are, are not uh, not going to enjoy that, but it, it is what it is. So, I guess let's just start. I guess with the questions we have from that game, and I I'll, I will start with the Georgia side. Is it is 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 it time to start with the with the D word yet? The dynasty talk. I mean, yeah, as a fan of Alabama, I think you are probably the expert on on this topic on, on this podcast. I'll say for for me, and this is there's no nobody has a, a set standard of rules for this. I'm I've always been three at least three and five years type of guy. I was I've always been three and five years or at least five and or four in a decade. So yeah. the way I we just had this conversation with Tyler and Torres from the TMT podcast uh, yesterday. Here's the thing, and con- congrats to Georgia. As much as I give them a lot of credit, y'all see me trolling on Twitter and everything else. Kirby Smart has done it the right way. I'm proud of them. They deserve this. But here's the thing, and I'm willing to say this wholeheartedly. They have done nothing that, other than it being back-to-back, they're in the same boat Clemson was a couple years ago. I mean, you have a couple – you have about four or five straight years of dominance in the regular season. You make the playoffs. You win two natties in three years, roughly. They're in the same boat Clemson. Would you call that Clemson era, that little five-year stint, a dynasty? Not a real one. Like, you can throw, like, mini dynasty around. Like, you know, they – from 2015 up until they lost to LSU, or I guess really until they lost to Ohio State. 
I don't know that I would consider it a real dynasty just because um, the titles were a little spread out and they only got two. And I know people might say, well, two titles is a lot. Yeah, it is. But when you start throwing dynasty around, you you do have to have, um, I, I think, more than two. I, like I said, three and a five-year period's always been my non-arbitrary rule. Like there, there's no set rules for this type of stuff. So if you think they're a dynasty, maybe they are. Uh, they're not to me yet. Yeah. But the thing is, they're opening up. They're all they, good. They got a good start. I mean, yeah, they they're they're on a. I know you might not want to hear this, but I, I do think it's fair to say they are the premier program in college football after last night. I just don't. I don't know the reasonable argument you can make over it. I, I, they two straight titles. They 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 lost one game in two years. They're they're just dominating at all fronts right now, and they just won the national title game by fifty eight points. You can argue the how good this TCU team was. They they earned the right to be there. And here's my here's my rebuttal. When was the last time Alabama went to a national championship? Twenty twenty. No, went to one. Oh, just last year. Three hundred sixty five days ago. Yeah. The last time they won one was twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Georgia's only had two losses in two years. One loss in two years. Who was the loss to? It was to Alabama, but it was also in the mm-hmm. SEC title game. And then Georgia did exact their revenge, to be fair. But I, I'm just saying, if the only team they've lost to in the last three years and the only other team that's – I can't sit there and say – I can't sit there and say Alabama was just totally in the dirt. Oh, no, I, I, no, 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 no. Yeah. I did not say that. I still – I'm not a part of the – Nick Saban's on the wrong end of this now. Even though he's recruiting well, the co- some of the coaches like I'm not. I'm not ready to bury Alabama yet. They're going to be up here next year. They they still have some things to figure out, obviously, and we're going to talk about them in a little bit as far as 2023 goes. But um, I, I do think it is fair to say that this is the premier program in college football now. I mean, just two straight national titles. You know, outside of the Ohio State and the two Alabama games, they haven't been tested by just about anybody. I mean, I guess Missouri was like a word, but um, yeah. Do you have any other thoughts on Georgia? Do you want to hit on TCU just real quick? I mean, congrats, uh, congratulations to Stetson Bennett. Yes, we we his greatest quarterback performance we've ever seen in a national championship, and I will stand on that. Yeah, I, I will. Yeah. Probably. I mean, up until Six touchdowns, man. <laughs> he just yeah, came. <laughs> I used to think it was either Joe Burrow or Vince Young, but like, yeah, I that was he was flawless. I mean, there's just and this is somebody, I've I've been a Stetson doubter. Um, yeah, about the whole time he's been there. Um, you know, I you know I, I joked around with Tyler, even though I bet on Georgia a couple years ago to win it, and I, I got that money. I told him if I I put that money on Georgia. Assuming JT Daniels was going to be a starting quarterback, I wouldn't have done it if Stetson was a starting quarterback. And that's why I didn't do it this year because I, and why I thought Bam and Ohio State had a bigger edge is they had the edge at quarterback. And yeah, I do think those two are better quarterbacks than him, but there's just nothing you can say. I mean, was it 29 and three as a starter, two national titles? And I, two of those losses were in the same year, if I'm not correct, because he lost to Bama in 2020. And did he start that game where they lost to Florida with Kyle Pitts and Trask and all them? I think he did. Yeah, like two of them were the same year. And then obviously the SEC championship game to Alabama last year. So, um, yeah. 
that's the thing. When two of your three losses are to Nick Saban and Alabama, I mean, you've been pretty good uh, as far as and like, Florida and their best team since 2008. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I, mean, I give the kid credit. All respect to him, but so let's swing it on around to TCU. I don't even want to ask what went wrong. <laughs> I don't even want everything went wrong. Um, I don't want to ask what they could have done differently. Yeah, like they 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 were. I I said it on this podcast. I I took Georgia to win and to cover. I I I just didn't think that they're, when the talent gap is that big. That's why there's just no Cinderella stories in college football. They're just they I don't. I can't name you one time a Cinderella story. Um, maybe Boise State kind of back in the day, but they didn't win a national title. Like they, they won some big BCS games, but the, the, the difference was those teams were really good. And I, we don't have to get into a debate about that right now, but they just don't happen in college football when a really good college team playing a miniature NFL team, it's just not going to happen. And that would have, that would have been the case, but I, I will, I will stand on this. I know. We all love to be Captain Hindsight in games like this, especially in college football. They earned every right to be there, and they they just they just, they just got they just got killed. And this is not the first national title game blowout we've ever seen. It's it's yeah. not. We we've seen plenty over the years. I mean, hey, just Alabama beat Ohio State by like what twenty five two two. Yeah, three, it was really bad. I mean, it was it fifty two twenty four something like Ohio State earned their right to be there. Hey, they just, Clemson smoked Bama like forty to something. Yeah, obviously deserved to be there. It didn't mean they weren't good. It's just and it then happens. You know, that's football. It happens. Alabama played a really bad game that yeah. game. You know, two threw a pick six. There was that weird fake field goal that was just yeah. strange and what happened. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, I, I, they were a fun team all season long. I, that that that's they yeah, were one I think the they're teams. primed for a really good future with Sonny Dykes. When you got Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big Twelve, that opens up a world of possibilities you already got so many kids out of the portal man going to tcu a bunch of really good talented experienced kids like i think they're primed like for these next two three years i think they might have to be my favorite in the big 12 even next year with oklahoma and texas still there because i don't know what they're going to be well that's actually a good transition to what we're going to talk next and we can just start there would would you favor TCU to win the Big Twelve next year? I wouldn't, but I, I'm not gonna. They 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 should put over them, huh? I mean, like, who would you favor over them though? Texas, and I I know that that comes with scary territory. I just you, we both said we thought 2023 was the year we thought Texas could make a big push. No. I just didn't expect. It all depends on if it is. What now? I said we expected Texas 2023 would be their year, but we also didn't expect TCU and Kansas State. And Oklahoma State's still going to be there. Like, there's still oh, teams uh, there, you know. I'll get to them. Like, I don't know. I know we've been keeping up a lot of different things. Oklahoma State, I, they might be down bad next year. I don't really? know if you've seen. Spencer Sanders is left. They've lost, I think, eight starters to the portal, and they've d- not done anything to replace them as far as I know. Um, yeah. You think it has something to do with Gundy? It might. I, I'm not going to be too speculative, but like there, I don't know. Something's odd about that program just this offseason. Like I, I don't know. And the thing is, like nobody's gotten Spencer Sanders. I don't know where he's going, but he doesn't seem like he wants to go back either. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think that program, like I'll never count a Gundy-led team out entirely because he is a good coach. You know, whatever you want to say about him, otherwise, he's but a damn good coach. Yeah, he's been around for a long time and always seems to find a way. Um, 
I would favor Texas probably just based on talent. And like, I, I think people put a lot of expectations on them after the close Bama loss. But like I said at the beginning of the season, like eight or nine wins was where I was perfectly fine with them. Like they, yeah. and people also can point to the bowl game loss. Yeah, they were so, injured most of the year. Like, yeah, what one Washington is good. Like, yeah. you can debate how good, but they're a good team. And Bijan didn't play in that game. Yeah, like the best running back in the country didn't play in the game, and he Washington's run defense is really bad. So that could have swung that game. So, and it's also like Texas on like if you look at power ratings was a really good team this year. They lost games in weird ways, like they shouldn't have lost to Texas Tech. Yeah, even with like two, three losses on the season, they were still top ten in most of them. Top six in a lot of them, like that. So, and they're they're bringing in what as of right now on two four seven sports good recruiting third ranked recruiting class. And hey, if if viewers can't get his act together and he still plays like he did at the end of the year, who do you got waiting in the wings? Arch Manning. So you still got uh, Xavier Worthy coming back. Uh, and Isaiah Nayor, the the Wyoming transfer, we were excited about who got hurt. He's back. Yep. So. And all those freshman five-star offensive linemen like Kelvin Banks and all them, they're a year older. Um, Their defense has to get better, though. It it was better than it was in 2021. It's still not good. It's it's, – their pass rush and defensive line was better. Their secondary stinks. It's good. Well, that's the thing, though. They're bringing in the best linebacker in this recruiting class in Anthony Hill. They got Malik Muhammad, a top 50 corner. Uh, they got Derek Williams, a top fifty safety. I mean, they're they're bringing in guys. He's Sark is filling needs in Texas. I mean, I won't say it's playoff or bust because I still think no, that. It, it, but they need. I think they need to be in the Big Twelve title game next year. In a way, I like they are moving to the SEC the year after. Right, like I you need, you need some momentum there. And the thing is, week two they go to Tuscaloosa, so we're, we'll we'll see if they're ready for the big time. Well, early on. Let, let me transition it with this right here. Talking about Sark, it's not playoff or bust. It's not time to pull the plug after year two or three. And the team that has just proved that, that if you would just give your coach a couple of years, let him really invest into this program, I think Florida State, I think the ACC might be on lock next year. Yeah, I mean, think about all they got. Like Jordan Travis has gotten better each each season as we talk about the ACC here. Yeah, and you know, we we talked when we talked about them in the preseason. What was what we said? We don't trust their offensive staff. They'll be good to beat the teams they play in the ACC, but or do we consider them playoff contenders? No, I think you're seeing that everybody's kind of like, I don't know that they're going to make any changes, and if they do, like I would expect more of the same from them. Like Shipley's back. Um, and I think KJ Henry and Xavier Thomas said they're coming back, so they'll that's still going to be good. But losing Miles Murphy and Brazil, and it's just the they ended on such a bad note to end the season outside of that North Carolina game. You know, you you got destroyed by an average Notre Dame team, you let South Carolina come back and win that game, yeah. and you get bullied by Tennessee and their backups in, in the Orange Bowl. So that they're kind of a bad vibes team right now, but yeah. Just transition back to Florida State, you know, let's – that's going to be – that on that's paper, that team, man. Yeah. Hey, listen, they are they are like one of the three teams I'm really happy to see feasting on the transfer portal. I think they have maybe a top 20 recruiting class out of high school. Maybe it's at 20. I can't remember. I think it finished like the Transfer portal? 
Brother, they are feasting. Yeah, and they got another addition today, a South Carolina defensive lineman. His name's escaping me. So. Uh, Gilbert Edmond. Yeah, so that that's a pretty good addition. And, and you know, when you talk about the recruitment class, yeah, it's not up at, in the four or five range, but Hakeem Williams is five-star receiver. He probably is going to contribute in some way for them next year. Like, yeah. they're going to have contributors in there. Yeah. To me, the biggest question for Florida State is, can how good is your defense? Because I was a little concerned in that Cheez-It Bowl just because their starters did play a lot. Oklahoma was missing three offensive linemen, Eric Gray, the starting running back. And they, they kind of moved the ball with ease on Florida state. That that's, and that was the problem. It was just a, a good old fashioned bowl game. You know, I think that's what I, I chalked that up to. But what do you chalk up Florida putting up a bunch of yards and points on them as? On Florida state? Yes. A rivalry. Hmm. Anything can happen. When you start having multiple games of bad defense, I just start to well, – when, when it's your last two games of the season. I mean, come on now. Yeah, I, I, and I think it's big Jared versus coming back. Fabian Lovett's back on the D-line. They've added a uh, transfer from Western Michigan there and then the kid from South Carolina today. Their secondary to me is the biggest concern heading into next year. Yeah. We'll, we'll see early because another team that's featured in a lot of these way too early top 25 lists in the top 10 is LSU. They, they're going to be – it's probably going to be a top 10 matchup heading into Orlando next year. Another neutral site game. That's going to be a hell of a way to start the season. Yeah. And like I, we were talking before the show, next year's week one's a little lackluster. You don't have, I know Georgia, Oregon wind up being gross, but like we were at least looking forward to seeing it. You know, Ohio State, Notre Dame, we both said would be gross and it turned out to be okay. At least um, we don't have that really. So LSU Florida State is by far going to be the biggest ticket that week one. I think personally, when you just look at it, there's going to, there is such a big gap between Florida State, Clemson, and the rest of the ACC. I I just, there's, I think think Miami's right there on the cusp, but I I don't trust that at all. I, I, yeah. I mean, there's, the recruitment is really good. They made good transfer portal additions. Yeah. I cannot. I watched way too many Miami games last year. They were terrible. Like they, yeah. they I mean, they average not. If you take out that, we Bethune, knew from that Middle Tennessee game that Miami wasn't. Yeah. Well, if you take out where they put seventy on Bethune Cookman, they averaged eighteen points a game. Eighteen, like that's hard to do. Well, what did that? What did that seventy ball put them at? Twenty three. <laughs> that's not even that good either. Not that good, can, like. That's, we're, we're talking Iowa level in college. Yeah, that's Iowa, Iowa State level. And see, I was proud of it. They don't care. Like Miami, like they that, that if if I'm gonna take them seriously, and I looked at Florida State's schedule, they're not gonna the 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 two game like on a neutral site. Who you think's favored, Florida State or LSU? Because that game's in Orlando. Florida State. What two three maybe? Yeah, it'll be it'll be close. It won't be no. Do you think? They have to play in Death Valley. Do you think Clemson's favorite at home? Yeah. So you're talking one game where they're a real underdog. And I wouldn't even say real underdog. If yeah, the game, is it going to be five points? Yeah, if the game was in Tallahassee, I feel like maybe Florida State by two and a half or something like that. You know what I'm saying? The rest of their schedule is kind of uh, – unless Miami very is well. a lot better than we think. Like I, I do think a trap game for them, depending on what time of the year it is, is at Pitt. Like the ACC hadn't released a schedule yet. At Pitt can be weird, especially if it's in November. Yeah. But – and then when you look at the rest of the ACC, like, you know, just to, just to talk Georgia Tech, like there's 
I, like I'm optimistic of some of the moves they made in the transfer portal and, and Brent Key having his first full year. But, you know, you're talking a, a lot of new starters and, you know, a schedule that includes Georgia, Clemson, Ole Miss, North Carolina. And, hey, they've had North Carolina's number the past couple of years. All those were ranked in ESPN's way too early, top 25. They're still – quarterback situation's got to be figured out. Offensive line has to improve. Um you know, they they did just add Christian Leary to the wide receiver room. He's going to add a lot of speed to the offense. Yeah. And I think the pass rush and the offensive line are both on the, along the lines of scrimmage. That's where I'm, I've got a lot of questions. I think the schedule can set up for, for a possible bowl game. I mean, South Carolina State, Bowling Green should be wins. Yeah. Boston College right now is the worst team in the ACC next year in my mind that they're losing a lot like Zay Flowers ain't there no more Jakovic ain't there no more um Syracuse in Atlanta or I'm pretty sure that game's in Atlanta that's a winnable game yeah Wake Forest with they don't have Sam Hartman no more so I mean, they're they're well coached like don't get me wrong but that's that's a winnable game so who knows what I'll say this I think and I'll say it right now uh, way too early. I think GT makes a bowl game this year. I, I do too. If, if you just force me, I think that opener against Louisville is fascinating because it's going to be Jeff Brom's first game at Louisville too. Malik, well, I think of- having Haynes King at quarterback, don't get me wrong. I love Jeff Sims and I know the fan base really loved Jeff Sims and you wanted to see him be really good for the Yellow Jackets. I don't think it was just in the cards because the way Jeff Collins had that team set up, you know. But when you have Sims as well, like it's not obvious. So whenever you have a Haynes King come in, you got Chase Lane coming in from the transfer portal. You got Christian Leary coming in from the transfer portal. That right there, that's better than any weapons you had on offense last year, if we're being honest. Yeah. I mean, and losing Nate McCollum to North Carolina does hurt because he was a good receiver. So I I won't gloss over that, but I've written about it on alliellowjackets.com. Go check it out. The secondary is going to be a strength next year. I mean, Zamari Walton's coming back. Miles Brooks was one of the highest-graded defensive players in the entire ACC, if you look at PFF. And some people don't trust that, you know, whether you do or not. Fine. And I, I love y'all got Andre White from Texas A&M transferring in. Braylon, you got Oliver, Braylon yeah. Oliver from Minnesota. I mean, it looks good, man. I, I like to. I like him to make a bowl game. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see how it goes from there. But I guess let's, let's go to – your conference. Um, Georgia is going to be the favorite. I, you know, like, they're going to lose Carter, Ringo, some of these guys, but the, my, watching Michael Williams dominate TCU's offensive line as a truth last night was. He's a freak. Like, it doesn't him, make sense. Him and Malachi Starks are going to be terrorizing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The losing, you know, they, Georgia's got to find some. They're Georgia is so weird in the way their defense is dominant. They don't have a dominant edge rusher. Like the, Nolan Smith was pretty good, but he's not Will Anderson caliber. He's like he's good. Um, and then he didn't play the last they half. Have Trayvon Walker this year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that. That's I guess if if you really want to try to nitpick, like they've got to find some edge rusher. That's Michael Williams. And then yeah. you still got um. John is it Johnson? Um, is it no Marvin Jones Jr. Yeah, he's there. He's um, still there. I mean, I, they got the talent. I mean, I think oh, they will be fine. And the way Kirby everybody, goes, I think, has seen their schedule by now. It was being talked about a lot last night. It's it's bad. I mean, Georgia fans, I'm telling you now, and I am laying down the law on this. I better not get on any forms of social media and see anybody from Athens, Georgia, or associated with call out anybody about a strength of schedule next year. 
There is no way in hell I'm letting y'all off the hook. To be fair, and I will say, I always say this at the start of the year: their teams can surprise and be a lot better than we think. Auburn could be a lot better team than we think. Their hardest non-conference game is UAB. Is Georgia Tech? So it it's I mean Georgia Tech. Um. Yeah, it, like I could see Auburn maybe surprising under Hugh Freeze and being a better team. They're not beating Georgia. Like, let's. It, Tennessee it, is the world's only hope if y'all don't want Georgia to be for like, a repeat. I, I heard I heard somebody talking. When's the next time Georgia loses a game? And they said possibly in twenty twenty four. And talking about like because the game the playoff games are on New Year's Day. Yeah, like you're talking either December of twenty twenty three if they play Alabama or. You know, I saw somebody rank LSU as high as three in the athletics, way to early top twenty-five. So we'll see. Um, I guess, yeah. Let, let's just let's transition to Alabama from there because I don't know what more we can say. But I, the quarterback will be the headliner at Georgia and at Alabama too. So let me let me ask you this: with I will just name three with Carson Beck, Vandergriff, and Gunnar Stockton. And then with Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, and Eli Holstein, whose quarterback room are you more optimistic about going in the next season? I think Bama's is more talented. I'll, I'll, I'll make this point and like, I, it's going it, to, it could sound a little odd, but Georgia is not quarterback dependent right now in the way that I, I felt like Alabama has been the last two years because if, if Bryce Young doesn't do some of the great things Bryce Young did, like if he doesn't show up in that Auburn game a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. Game, it, um, we, lo- we lose four, probably four or five games in the last two years without Bryce Young. That's the thing now is Bama back to just being all-around dominant, being Alabama to where, hey, if we have an elite quarterback, good. You know, like like Georgia's been with Stetson. Like, Stetson's good, but it doesn't matter. Like, we're just going to dominate you in all other ways. If if Bama stays the same and the quarterback play drops off, I am a little worried, even though I, I like the talent in their quarterback room a, a little bit more. Um, the thing with Bama that's hard to judge is we've kept talking about coaching changes that could be coming that haven't happened yet, so – they're losing a lot of starters. I think if you're talking about handicapping them in the top four or five, I think they have to be, to me, either four or five just based on you're losing Young, Gibbs. The receiver position is a question mark until proven otherwise. That's been one of their – I don't think so. You don't think – have you not felt that was a weakness though the past two years? Dude, as soon as we had two wide receivers transfer, we saw the best wide receiver game against Kansas State we've seen. We saw Jermaine Burton, young guys, Isaiah Bond – Kobe Prentice, we saw all them ball out, and we've seen flashes of that all season. But I'm not going to make any insinuations here, but as soon as Treshawn Holden transfers to Oregon and JoJo Earl transfers to TCU, those are two guys that Bill O'Brien was trying to push getting playing time. Oh, my bad. As soon as they leave and transfer out, we see a real fluent five-touchdown game from this wide receiver room. Like I said, I think we talked about it before the show. You play the right guys in that receiver room, I think we have a better season than what we had, even with Bill O'Brien calling plays. Yeah, I guess we'll just find out if it was a one-game sample or not. You know, it, 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 That's, I think, the only thing. that The talent is certainly there. And every, Whenever we talk about Georgia, Alabama, or Ohio State, their problems are different. The talent's there. It's just okay. When it comes time to play one of the other two, like if you're Bama, when it comes time to play Georgia in the SEC title or Ohio State in the playoff, yeah. well, these issues pop up. You know, Bama's offensive line has been not up to Bama standards the past two seasons, and they're losing some stars. Now, that could be a, a blessing in disguise. Maybe those guys just weren't up to snuff. Maybe Javion yeah. Cullen 
because a lot of those guys were guys that have been there for a while. And that's I, and I said this before the show, and I'm sure any Alabama fans I've talked about this too. They're really on the fence about it, but there's such a sense of entitlement that if you just wait your turn at Bama, you're going to get playing time. And that's what it has been. And we saw that on our offensive line, especially had super seniors there, red shirt juniors, red shirt seniors, guys that were playing that weren't, I don't think the most talented guys we had on the offensive line, but because they've been there, you got to put them on the field. And that's something Saban has done. And I respect it to an extent, but when it hinders you from putting the best players on the field, that ain't it. Yeah. And you go over to defense, you know, Will Anderson's gone. Toto is gone. How many of the D linemen are going to go? No, we still got a lot of D linemen coming. I mean, DJ Dale, he's gone. Byron Young, he's gone. Yeah. But Justin Aboigby's coming back. Jaheim, uh, Jaheim Otis is coming back. He played a lot as a freshman. Um, linebackers loaded. Deontay Lawson's coming back. We still got Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell. That's the thing. The talent's there. And then you look at the secondary branch is going to be gone. Battle's gone. And then you're replacing so them with Caleb Downs. I feel like he's going to start day one as a freshman. You still got Kool-Aid McKinstry. You got guys like Desmond Ricks coming in. I mean, and who knows, Jerry's still out on somebody like a Cormani McLean. We don't know. But Saban is – this recruiting class, it looks great on paper, of course, but – Saban is strategically getting needs that we're going to need for next year. And I like, I like the way we're set up. Yeah. And I guess just taking a, a glance at the rest of the SEC, you see Tennessee in these rankings. I'm fine with putting them in. I do think, you know, they have to answer the questions. Can we do it again? Can we sustain? Yeah. Can we sustain this success? And, you know, with Hendon Hooker gone, Jalen Hyatt's gone, Cedric Tillman's gone. The secondary was very bad for much of the year, even though the the run defense was much improved. It's can you sustain that level of play in Knoxville? And then I have so many questions elsewhere. Like Ole Miss, I have a million questions about because they were they were fluky much of the season, and you saw it in the. I, I you know you can't put everything on a bowl game, but Texas Tech whooped them. Like there's yeah. there's no getting around that. Mississippi State, uh, you know, unfortunately without Mike Leach, rest in peace. And you know Zach, we don't know how how good of a coach he'll be um, there. Devin Leary's at Kentucky. They just got their Liam Cohen's back at OC when Will Levis had his best season, whatever yeah. that may be. And uh, Florida, I, I really don't know what to do with them. They had so I many. Know, man. Yeah, I, I've got bad vibes with them because I'm not going to do too much because there's no news on it right now. But with the thing with Rashada right now, and then if, if Graham Mertz is your starting quarterback, I'm handicapping you at seven wins at most. Because here's the thing. The first red flag – Billy Napier, I understand it's his first year, and I understand Dan Mullen left a lot of problems. If you would have told me he would have had the same amount of wins as Dan Mullen did, I would have said there's no way. There's no way. Sure enough, Florida's sitting there at 6-7. and seven. Two, recruiting. They didn't have a bad class. They got a lot of good blue-chip guys, but you needed some of those big names because we saw Miami pulling a lot of guys. We've seen Florida State even pulling some guys recruiting and then now Rashada I don't know what the rumor is I don't know what he's got going on but it doesn't sound too good right now that's a red flag I don't know where Billy Napier is headed right that's now the thing, like, you know I don't I don't know what to, to do with them you know Missouri is Missouri and Vanderbilt are you know those two programs like I don't know um SEC I think I will say you know I know we're running a little short on time here but LSU 
I think they'll be pretty good next year. Like I, I, I'm interested to see them. They've made, they've like Florida State. It's not quite as good of a class as Florida State transfers, but they've gotten a lot of really good additions in the secondary, which we talked about many times this year was their weak point. We'll see if Jane Daniels can take another step. I didn't think he would be as good as he was for them this past year. We'll see. Uh, Malik Neighbors is going to be. Uh, he's a stud at receiver. Like I'm, that that, that he's really good. Um, yeah. And their offensive line was a weakness this year, but they bring all five starters back and they'll be a year older. I would still put Bama as the favorite. I know some have LSU as the favorite because they won the division and they're bringing a lot of guys back. Talent-wise, I still think Alabama gets the edge, and that game will be in Tuscaloosa next year. So yeah, you have any strong thoughts on LSU before we head to the Big Ten? I'm a little biased towards LSU, so I'm going to stay out of that talk. But I will say the biggest thing, and this has been an issue for LSU probably ever since the Joe Burrow regime left, they don't have a running game. No. They've had one of the worst running games in the in the SEC for a long time, and I don't see that changing. So yeah. I can't I can't put I can't put anything in the bread basket with them. Yeah. Um. Outside of like, I think Georgia, Bama are in a class of their own. Then I have LSU and Tennessee kind of in there, and then I don't know what. Like the SEC is to me a big mystery. I think South Carolina's on the rise. You weren't ever high on South Carolina. I was a little bit higher before the season on Shane Beamer. I think South Carolina, they're they're trending upwards. Are you not concerned with all the players they're losing? Because it's not there. It's there's, I, there's a reason. Players. There's a reason they're transferring, and that could either be a because they don't believe in the system and they think Shane Beamer isn't doing it right, which I have a hard time believing because he just sat here and beat two top ten teams to end the season. So I don't think that could be it. Or maybe they see the writing on the wall that there could be some other guys coming in. And they just want to go ahead and get out before shit hits the fan, you know? They so, go to Athens September 16th. So I we'll think they're trending upwards. But let's swing, let's swing it out to the West Coast real quick. I'm so have excited. Have an early favorite? All next year. Do you have an early favorite for the Pac-12? One team right now, yeah. if, you had to, if you had to bet the mortgage, who would you say is coming out of the Pac-12? Utah. Utah? They've won, they're bringing most of their starters back. And they're, they've won back-to-back titles. They just emphatically whooped USC, and I'm not going to get on my USC soapbox, but and uh, Lincoln Riley said Alex Grinch is going to be back, so good luck with that. I, I don't. The, their defense has nowhere to go but up. But until I see a significant improvement, like teams mm-hmm. that can physically run the ball and handle USC in the trenches, I'm just Utah. But I, I, I like Oregon. Dan Lanning's second year. The only thing that pauses me there is. Kenny Dillingham leaving, and I want to see how the offense performs without him because he worked wonders with Bo Nix. And, you know, you wonder if, if um, the, the new one from UTSA can can do the same thing. But, man, USC, Oregon, Washington. Oregon isn't hurting at quarterback, that's for sure. I will say that. No. Um, and then my guess who's bringing 17 starters back and adding a former five-star quarterback at transfer none other than the 10-win Oregon State Beavers, baby yes sir the like, Beavers, baby I'm not gonna sit here and blow smoke up your butt and tell you they're gonna win the Pac-12 but like can they win eight nine games again yes they sure can like that's <laughs> um but swinging it up north what do you make of the Big Ten next year man that's again, does, if Jim Harbaugh comes back, Michigan's the deserving favorite. I would vote them as the number two team in the country going to next year. Blake Corum said he's coming back next year. And McCarthy. And I'm, assuming, 
Right now, I'm assuming J.J. McCarthy takes another step because you see the talent. He's just got to – He needs a full season where they just believe in him, and I think that puts him there, man. I'm telling you. And people were talking about Florida State deservingly in the portal. Michigan's killing it, too. They're killing it, too, man. They got an edge rusher from Coastal, a linebacker from Nebraska. Both were very, very good players. Like, don't just look at the school. Those individually, those were good players. Offensive line, you know you know, Michigan's going to be solid. Yeah. It's you know, they, they own Ohio State right now, apparently. And yeah. if you get to the playoff, is can you win a dang game for once? We got a lot of questions about Ohio State, but I'm, I'm going to skip over them real quick. I'm going to talk about a team that you're pretty high on, and I'm trending towards that way too. The Nit- the Nittany Lions, bro, at Penn State, Drew Allard. I'm, I'm going to be texting you every day telling you to talk me out of them next year because I, I love this team next year. <laughs> you, man. I think I think it's time to make a playoff push for James Franklin. Um, and I think he has the young cats to do it. That I like, I like their defense. I think they have some studs on their D-line, their front seven. I like their offense. Ooh, that's gonna Another be- team I'm anxious to watch next year is Fickle at Wisconsin, especially because they're supposed to be more open at – on offense, getting Phil Longo, who ran North Carolina's offense, and we know that they're far from what Wisconsin's been doing for the past. Let me ask you this. What do you make of Nebraska next year? It'll be a transition year. I, I don't – They. I'll say this. Because of the division they play in, they could win it. The Big Ten West is bad. Yeah. So, it, nothing's impossible. We'll see what Jeff Sims does out there for Matt Rule. But Yeah. Man, it's January tenth, and we we are we are really digging, trying to dig as deep as we can for twenty twenty three. But in the wise in the wise words of Josh Pate, we don't believe in the O word off season. No, no. You won't hear us talk about it. This is just the second college football season. You got the you got the primary college football season from August to January, but from January till the summer. This is just the next half of the season, baby. That's the spring way. Spring will be around the corner, and you know there will be another transfer portal cycle after spring, so that we'll we'll be able to cover it all here. But it's been a heck of a fun season. We will be back, of course, every week giving you the best college football content. Kobe, you got anything before we get out of here? No, nah, man. It was an exciting season. I can't wait to dig into year two, man. It's going to be so much fun. Hey, be on the lookout, twenty twenty three. This first this first season, we talked about it. We speculated on bringing live shows in. 2023, we are definitely making that happen. Yes, sir. We will definitely be doing that. Um, but, of course, always go follow him on social media. Go follow the Goal Line Stand on social media, for that matter. Um, we, we do have a Twitter and Instagram, so go check that out. Go to All Yellow Jackets. They play Notre Dame tonight in basketball. We'll see. Um, hey, Tide Hoops, baby. I got to throw that in there. Tide Hoops, Nate Oates. Oh, I'm loving it. But that is Kobe Reed. This is Jackson Caldwell. We're out.